Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We're in Genesis 39, verse 1. We continue in our series of the life of Joseph. The Lord is with you. Do you realize that God is with every believer? Wherever we go, even if you're at the bottom of a pit, if you're on a slave auction block, if you're in a forced labor camp, or you're in a jail cell just like Joseph, Or maybe you're on top of the world and you're the head of a family, a clan. You're running a business. Or you're like number two in the empire, leading a nation. God is still with us. Christians are never alone. Believers always have the personal presence of God. The Holy Spirit is with us, top or bottom, when things are good and when things are bad. The Lord is with us. Let God exalt you. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of the Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him. Imagine being bought bought off of a slave auction block, being sold like an animal, like cattle, um, being property of another person. (laughs) This is crazy. It was all God's plan to get Joseph down to Egypt, the little country boy, to the big city. From the wilderness pastures, to the capital of the world empire. And Joseph is for sale. He's like merchandise. He's a slave in the meat market, if you will. And Pharaoh is the slave buyer. I think this is his background. He's in charge of many men. He uh, does the security for the Pharaoh. He is the executioner for the Pharaoh. He's secret service, if you will. And he works in the commodity of men and slaves. And I'm sure he comes up to Joseph and he's inspecting this young Jewish boy. I need him young. I need him strong. Does he have all his teeth? Uh, Is he smart? Is he teachable? Does he have good looks? It's kind of like the headhunter for a business, right? The human resource manager going through applicants. Maybe you're the person they're interviewing. Am I too old? Do I have the qualifications? Do I have the right appearance? And Joseph is being sold into Egypt. Bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there, down to Egypt, part of God's plan. Verse 2, 
the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. This phrase will be repeated again and again, four times. The Lord is with Joseph. Do you see it? Joseph is not alone. And God is not just with him in an omnipresent way. I mean, God is everywhere, right? You cannot escape his presence. If I go to heaven, he's there. If I go to hell, he's there. If I take the wings of the wind, God is everywhere. But God is with Joseph in a unique, personal way. In a relationship with Joseph, because Joseph knows Yahweh. Joseph is a believer he has a personal relationship with God as a practicing Jew. And God is manifesting his presence with Joseph with success and blessing and protection and guiding his steps and placing him right where he wants him to be. Do you see this? He is going to become a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Kind of moved from the slave house to the master's house. Moved from the farm into the beautiful palace, if you will, of the great Potiphar. Joseph is moving on up, if you will. Verse 3. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him. Do you see it again? Yahweh is with Joseph. God is with his children, the believers, in a unique way, different from that of the world. And how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Because God was with Joseph, Joseph was successful. Do you see this? This key phrase, the Lord is with him. This is our title. The Lord is with you. And it's like father, like son. Remember Jacob, his father? Jacob, when he went to stay in the farm of Laban, his relative, blessed his relative. And the livestock grew and prospered. And it's like the blessings of God from this Jew. And because of Jacob being blessed, the place where he stayed and the place where he worked, the farm where he was the boss, it was blessed. And remember, Laban didn't want him to go. He didn't want to lose the blessing and the materialism. Don't go. I want you to stay. Stay longer. Work for me longer. And so like Father Jacob is blessed, so is his son Joseph. And so I believe it is with the Jews and with God's people. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. Kind of like the personal assistant, like the number two guy. He is getting promoted. He's rising up among everyone else. This foreign Jew, this slave in a strange land. I think Joseph is a quick study. He's learning the culture the idioms, uh, the language, uh, how things work in the great empire of Egypt. And he made him overseer over his house 
and all that he owned he put in his charge. Joseph is moving up. Joseph is going to become number two in this farm, this ranch, this uh, powerful home of the Egyptians. Verse 5, it came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Do you see it? A Christian can bring blessings on non-Christians. A Christian in a secular home. One Christian in a secular marketplace or business. A Christian uh, in government can bring blessings on those who are not even believers all around them. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Throughout his farm, all his property, all his investments, Potiphar was blessed because of Joseph. I believe it is the divine Jewish blessing. Sometimes we make jokes about the Jews, but they are God's chosen people. And I think they're very blessed. I have found Jews to be very good businessmen, investors, bankers. They're key in making movies, Hollywood. They're key in diamonds. Uh, the Jews are very influential in New York City. And I've known personal Jewish businessmen. They're so good at money, so smart, so gifted. They're inventors. They're so uh, intelligent. And I think of the blessings of Israel. And when I've traveled to Israel recently, the skyscrapers and the advancements. And Israel is moving quickly to becoming top in the world in technology and in computers. And you see this hand of blessing on God's chosen people, the Jews, on God's people, the Christians. And think of all the great things Christians have done throughout the ages and the blessings of America because of the Christians being here. It is the Midas touch, right, where everything they touch turns to gold. Verse 6, so he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Imagine having a personal assistant and everything they do is prosperous and you su succeed in your investments and your growth and your income and your business is taking off and all you have to do is worry about what am I going to have to eat today? <laughs> this is Potiphar and his powerful assistant number two, Joseph. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. I think Potiphar chose Joseph because he's young, he's smart, he's good-looking, nice face, nice body, strong, he's got it all. And with the beautiful people, with having good looks, there's advantages. And as we will see, there's also disadvantages. Joseph's what I call 
the pretty boy. <laughs> Have you been there? Beware of false accusers. Verse 7. Now it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he has owned in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. He's trying to reason with her. She doesn't want to reason. She doesn't want to talk. She wants to have relations with Joseph. And Joseph is telling her, but I'm so important, and look at my promotion. I think Joseph is young and naive. And I think he is wrong when he says, there is no one greater in this house than I. I think there is someone greater in the house than Joseph. And he's going to learn that lesson the hard way. It is Potiphar's wife. And I think she is thinking, what? You are a dirty Jewish slave. And I am a free Egyptian princess, you know. This is my house. These are my things. You're just a steward. You're just a Jewish peasant slave. And he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? I can't have an affair with you. I can't commit adultery. This is wrong. This is nasty. This is sinful. This is not going to happen. Do you realize all sin is against God? Joseph is holy unto the Lord. He is committed. He is blessed. You know, we just had the funeral of Dr. Billy Graham. And I think one reason Billy Graham was so blessed and the evangelist to the world and the pastor of America was because he was holy to the Lord. He didn't compromise. There wasn't scandals. He didn't play with the women and play with the money and take the glory. He really was very humble and modest and holy. This is Joseph. He is holy unto the Lord and he will not compromise. Verse 10. As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Come on, Joseph. Now's our chance. Come to my bedroom. Let's go out on a date. Come on, no one will know. It is a prodding. It is a nagging. It reminds me of Samson and Delilah, right, with her many words. She pressed him again and again, and he reveals his secrets about his hair, right? And Samson is reduced in his glory, his beautiful hair. His holiness is cut and thrown on the floor. But Joseph is different. He will not give in. He will not listen to her.
He will resist and resist, and he's never going to consent. And it is a sexual uh, aggression and abuse. And it's uh, the workplace sexual assault, right? Sexual harassment. But can I tell you, slaves have no rights, as Joseph will learn. Verse 11. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. Kind of naive. He's young. He doesn't understand the ways of the world. My mama warned me about women like you. <laughs> this is crazy. She is setting the trap. She has told all the servants, take the day off. Everyone, get out. Joseph's almost here. I put on my special dress. The music is playing, burning the candles. I'm going to get him today. The trap is set, and Joseph is unaware and naive. Verse 12. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. See, the advancement was just verbal, but now it's physical. It's aggressive. Normally, men are the more aggressive sex, have you discovered? Uh, but this, the roles are reversed. And now the woman is advancing and aggressive. And you're the slave, and I have power over you, and I'm going to physically grab you and grab your coat. And he runs right out of his coat, right out of the house. He runs outside. Flee youthful lusts, right? Sometimes you can't reason with someone. Sometimes the situation is so bad and so dangerous, you got to just get out of town. You got to just run for your life. Run, Joseph, run. Whew, this is crazy. Verse 13. When she saw that he had left his garment, his cloak, his coat in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them. A lot of times it's whoever gets there first, right? I'm going to tell my story. Where's all those slaves? Where's those employees that I own and they do what I say? Bring them in now. i got to tell them the story of what happened. There's no witnesses. They've got to be my witnesses. See... He has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came into me to lie with me, and I screamed. I think these poor uh, slaves, Egyptian slaves, they're like, yes, yes, master, whatever you tell us, we'll repeat it. Yes, you own us. You run this house. Yes, you're, you're the boss. I guess that's the true story. And she talks about he's this foreigner, one of these Jews. He's a slave like you. 
And he has mocked me and made fun of me and laughed at me, made sport of me. And not just me, but us. Are we not all Egyptians? Let's stick together against this Jew. He tried to rape me. I ran for my life. I screamed. He got scared. And he split. Joseph is falsely accused. The boss's wife is running the show. She demeans him. She mocks him. She begins the story and the gossip and the slander. She's destroying his reputation. One of my pastor friends was falsely accused. The police came to his house, knocked on the door, and cuffed him and arrested him right in front of his own children. They made sure the press was there, the cameras, the newspaper, the humiliation, the embarrassment, slandering him, smearing his good name, throwing him in Washoe County Jail. And then later, of course, the charges were dropped. There wasn't enough evidence. Of course, it was all lies. But he's been ruined. <laughs> he's been humiliated. He's been falsely accused. And sometimes Christians take the rap. We get slandered and beat up by the world. Verse 15. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. I have proof. I have evidence. I've caught him red-handed. Here's his coat. Verse 16. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home, waiting. The shift's almost up, sitting next to the new coat. These coats seem to always get Joseph in trouble. Have you noticed the coats? First, it was the coat of many colors given to him by Daddy, the favoritism, the blessing, the honor. You've been promoted, Joseph. You're not going to work in the fields taking care of dirty sheep. You've got beautiful clothes. Your management now, Joseph. You're a long, beautiful, colorful coat, elegant. Your ornamental robe. But, of course, the brothers hated the coat of many colors, right? First thing, when they got their hands on him, they stripped him of that coat. Covered it in goat's blood, right? Of course, you know the scandal. Oh, Joseph must have got killed by wild animals. So the first coat kind of gets him in trouble. And now we have a second coat. It is the coat of the chief of staff. It is the coat of the number two guy in Potiphar's house. I'm sure it gives him position and clout. And I run this household and this farm. And he runs out without his coat, and she sets it beside her. Because with this coat, with this garment, I'm going to bring him down. This is my evidence 
This is my proof. Verse 17. Then she spoke to him with these words. The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me. Husband, listen. You can't believe it. Remember you bought that Hebrew slave? And he mocks me. He makes fun of me. He ridicules me. He humiliates me. This is crazy. Am I not your wife? And is he not like the hired help, dirty slave? Verse 18. And I raised my voice and screamed. He left his garment beside me and fled outside. And husband... Here's his coat. Why would I have his coat? The coat is the nail to his coffin. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.